This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. You're listening to the Kona Edge. I am still Brad Brown in Cape Town in South Africa. Thank you so much for listening. And today we're chatting some more nutrition. We head to Australia. We head down under to catch up with Tim Ray uh, to find out about his nutrition needs and uh, how he approaches things when it comes to Ironman and nutrition. That's coming up in just a moment. Just once again, we've got some pretty cool things in the pipeline here at the Cone Edge. I've been working furiously behind the scenes on a couple of things and I can't tell you exactly what's up just yet, but there are some very cool things in the pipeline. If you'd like a a heads up and uh, sort of to get into my sort of headspace and find out what I'm thinking and what I'm planning, I've got uh, an exclusive patron-only podcast feed that uh, I send my, my thoughts and feelings out into the interwebs. And you can become part of or download that uh, exclusive patron uh, feeds by heading over to thekonaedge.com forward slash support. Go check out the details there. I'd really appreciate it if you would become a patron of the Kona Edge. It helps us uh, keep things going. And uh, yeah, you have no idea how much I love doing this. And uh, if I can make a little bit of money out of doing it and uh, sort of support myself and my family by doing it, uh, it's just absolutely amazing. And that's what we are striving to. We, we're getting pretty close to, to having the costs covered. And uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind uh, just throwing a couple of cents our way, it would be much, much appreciated. So that's thekonaedge.com forward slash support. It's time for today's Coach's Corner. If you're an athlete looking for a coach, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, we've got access to some of the best triathlon and Ironman coaches around if you'd like to find out more, uh, hook up with one of our coaches, whether you need help with a swim, bike, run, or nutrition, all you have to do is head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash coaching. You can get all the details there. Check out all the coaches that uh, we've got access to. And don't forget, too, if you are a coach and you would like to get access to uh, the podcast and get uh, a bit of a plug on the podcast, all you have to do is head over to that same URL, okay? It's thekonaedge.com forward slash coaching. Uh, scroll down to the bottom of the page and you can get all the details there. So that's thekonaedge.com forward slash coaching. Welcome on to this edition of the Kona Edge. Time to chat some nutrition now. We head back to Australia to catch up with Tim Ray. Tim, welcome back. Uh, we haven't touched on nutrition at all uh, in our in our previous chats, and it's uh, quite a quite an important part if you if you want to be competitive uh, as an age group or as a pro. You making the step up now. As far as your philosophy when it comes to nutrition, talk to me a little bit about the general stuff, not necessarily the racing, but how do you approach things from a nutritional point of view generally. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Thanks for me back on. It's, um, I guess, nutrition, and it's something I've always been very inquisitive about as to, you know, something might be working for me, but is there something better? Um, and, I mean, really, if you look at us, and as the distance grows in triathlon and up to Ironman, it's really the fourth discipline. I mean, you can have guys who are, you know, just out and on a tear in the race at Kona, and, you know, next minute they're just, buckled over throwing up they don't know what's going on the heat gets to them the nutrition's not staying down and it, it ultimately ruins races um i guess on a day-to-day basis with my training um at times it's not something i heavily focus on um 
but in saying that I have definitely, I guess in racing and in training, I've sort of focused one main principle, which is I split up my hydration and my calories into two different sources. Um, and I do this for a variety of reasons. Um, I find when I'm training, I can just get by with, especially if you're going on longer rides and you've got time to fuel between sessions, I can get in proper food, um, which I much rather have than, you know, relying on gels or bars and stuff, which I don't, I don't really like. Um, and then during my sessions and longer rides, whether it's swims, um, in between runs, I sort of get in just a basic hydration formula, which is usually quite low in calories and really just does its job of hydrating the body, um, getting the salt levels back up. Um, and that's a strategy that I use in racing as well. And it's, I do it for the reason of, so, you know, say going to 70.3, I might have, might have two bottles of fluid mixed up to what I know that I need the consistency to be. And then I kind of drink accordingly to what the weather conditions are. So I've raced in Hawaii, as I said, on one of the earlier podcasts and in a 70.3 there, you know, I've got through three to four bottles, but in the same amount of riding, the same time and distance, I've raced at Bustleton earlier last year and in a 90k ride, I got through three quarters of one bottle. Um, and that was varying on how hot it was. I mean, Bustleton was quite cool. I think the average temperature was eight or nine degrees and I simply wasn't sweating. So I didn't want to overload my body with fluid. And that's sort of something now I know I can drink according to how much I'm sweating because if I don't need to get the extra fluid and I don't, but I'm not losing calories. And then in a racing strategy, um, I simply just eat according to what I know I can. And I know that in a 70.3, whether it's in 35 degrees or 10 degrees, I know I'm getting off the bike having sort of taken in the same amount of calories and it's going to usually set me up in the same condition and position for, for hopefully a good run ahead. That's quite quite interesting. I mean, often we've or I've chatted to to quite a few age groupers are very set about how much they eat, how much they drink, and and I find it interesting that you you split the the two. It, it, you need to be fluid, don't you? you? You've got to not necessarily have a plan B, but you've got to be able to change things on the fly. Yeah, I mean, so I in a seventy point three, I'll go in and unless it's over, unless it's going to be over sort of mid to high thirties, I'll drop my calorie intake slightly, maybe by five minutes. So at the moment, 70.3, anywhere up to that temperature, I sort of am having a gel every 20 minutes on the bike. And that's something I've, I guess, practiced and I know that my stomach can tolerate. Um, so I know if I'm getting off the bike anywhere around, you know, two hours five to two hours 15, I'm going to have had the same amount of calories go in, whether it's, whatever the conditions are. So I know I'm going to be getting off fueled to what the max I know I can be. Um, and then, like I said, I've drunk the amount of sodium and I sort of hydrated to a point where I've let the race conditions dictate how much, I mean, everyone sort of had that feeling where you get off or you go for a run and you sort of got that extra fluid sloshing around in your guts. And it's, it's something for me that is a massive influence and I, I can't run like that. So it's been something I've had to work at and I really now, only drink when I have to, not to a point where I hold back. Um, but like I said at Bustleton earlier, 90Ks, I think I was on the bike just under two hours, 10. And it was, um, yeah, I mean, I had three quarters of bottle. So if you put that down, it's it was only about 450 mils over 90Ks. And when you break that down, it's, it's really not much going in. But obviously, as it was so cold, I wasn't sweating out. 
and sort of losing salt. So it was something that that I managed. I made sort of a conscious decision during the race to stick to it, and I was sort of quite wary at a point that I hadn't drunk nearly anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I stuck stick to my guns in the race, and it was something that by the time I got to the run in that race, particularly, I, I mean, I had a great run off the bike there, and it was something that sort of rein, reinforced that decision that you got to stick to what you know and and you shouldn't be changing sort of and experimenting with things on race day. What's the biggest mistake you've made nutrition-wise? And what have you learned from it? Um, to be honest, racing, I haven't made a lot of nutrition mistakes. It was always – I've always been one to sort of practice and trial things in training. I remember early sort of going out and a couple of longer rides on Saturdays where I was doing intervals and leading into races, I'd – I'd sort of practice taking gels. I mean, it might sound stupid, but, you know, I'd go out and originally in races I was taking gels every half an hour. And I remember a couple there, you know, I'd have one a half an hour, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. So I'd only be having four gels and then I'd sort of be going, oh, you know, I might be getting off the bike in 20 minutes or 25 minutes. And this was sort of when I first started. And then I was was going, oh, I might hold off having that fifth gel because – it might not sit right in my guts. I mean, I was getting off the bike there with four, which at the time I now know that, you know, heavily diluted gels. I was having four heavily diluted gels and now I'll be getting off the bike and I could be anywhere getting in seven gels, which I mean that difference at whatever you work it out per gel and the high concentrate gel as opposed to a, to a watered down gel. I mean, that's getting off the bike with anywhere to could be five to 600 calories difference and leading into a, to a high pace half marathon, I mean that's that's got to count for something. So, brilliant stuff. Uh, well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us here on the Cone Edge today. Much appreciated. Uh, I look forward to following your progress in Miami and beyond, and seeing how you go in the pro ranks with all the seventy point threes you got planned. And uh, we look forward to to catching up again soon. Thanks for your time and uh, for sharing your journey with us here on the Cone Edge. No worries, Brad. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's been great to talk and uh, get some info out. So thank you. There you have it, uh, another edition of the Kona Edge done and dusted. Before I go, though, just uh, another quick iTunes review for you. Uh, this one from, uh, who was it? There we go, Big Nate uh, in South Africa. Big Nate, thank you very much. And it says, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much uh, for that uh, review. It says, if Ironman Kona is on your goals, then this podcast is essential listening. Uh, gee, that's a, a bit of a, a vote of confidence. Big Nate, thank you so much uh, for that review. Don't forget, if you haven't left one, all you have to do is head over to iTunes and uh, just search for The Cone Edge, please, if you haven't done it yet and uh, you've got anything out of uh, any one of our podcasts, I'd really appreciate it. And yeah, give us some details. Let me know who you are on Twitter or on Instagram so that I can send you a bit of a shout-out on social media as well uh, and say thank you for, for leaving us a review. So that's pretty much it for today. We're back again with another edition of The Cone Edge next time from myself, Brad Brown. It's cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Cone Edge. Nutrition is key to putting world-class performances. Register now for our upcoming free online nutrition seminar on the KonaEdge.com slash nutrition seminar.